Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, everybody. It is episode 36. And today, we're going to tidy on up the method versus madness when it comes to doing exactly that. Cleaning, organizing, tidying. All of the things that everybody probably like rolls their eyes and groans and they're like, oh my God, why do I have to adults? But I'm sure that many of you have become familiar with, or at least heard of on your Instagram, Facebook, whatever feeds this, (laughs) fuck, what is it called? Kanmari? Kanmari method of, (laughs) the Kanmari method of, of, yes, of decluttering or tidying up. This Japanese woman, Maria Kondo, has developed a method for tidying, and she actually has a book. And so we selected a very specific wine to go along with this. Yes, and her book is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering, Decluttering and Organizing. So this was a number one and a New York Times bestseller. Unbelievable. Yeah. And it's, it is... Not unbelievable, but... It is blown up. It really has. Instagram, Netflix. Like, I mean, like, we're going to get into the whole popularity of this, but... And our take on up. it. Our yeah. take on it. But before we do that... We've got our Mementos Sauvignon Blanc. Yes. A Mementos Sauvignon Blanc from Chile. It's a reserve. Yes. So Mementos, like your... Your, the things that you hang the on things to. that you hang on to your mementos uh, you know your your most not, prized possessions not mentos the fresh maker although I like those too <laughs> but mementos yes and should we be keeping all of that crap <laughs> no oh my god that's right so Sarah just cracked this open and I forgot the trick yeah to twist the bottom part and not the actual top yeah. part that comes if you off. ever have a twist cap you should try and twist the bottom. Why is that? It, it's the way it's supposed to be. A sommelier taught me that. Um, that's how you're supposed to open it easily versus trying to struggle with the actual cap. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So let's cheers. I think the smell you're going to be more pleasantly surprised, but... Oh, okay. Cheers. Cheers. To a clean house. To a clean house. And a clean year. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm gonna say we came into this because we're obviously very, very close in proximity to our WTF 2018 episode where we did drink a, a Sauvignon Blanc. This is Chilean though, which is a little bit different. But as we talked about in episode 34, I think that was WTF. Yeah. Um, Sauvignon Blanc can take on like more fruity, like light tropically type fruit. Uh, characteristics, or it can lean more towards that like herbaceous note, which is neither of like our preference, but I think a lot of people really, really like that flavor. Yeah. This on the nose, it, okay, it's a very pale yellow as expected. Nothing to write home about. It's pleasant on the nose. It's kind of... It got, really is. I'm digging like I the white... I kind of get the peach. Yes. White peach. Which is what I think we yeah. got for the Blank Stare too. Except Blank Stare was a lot more tropical, and I think that was more typical of like your warmer weather. Not that chili's warm, um, but <sighs> yeah. just, you know, California type wines. Um, Chilean Sauvignon Blancs are, like you said, a little more greener, but I think this does have... It has like a weird minerality. There's like yeah. a, not a weird, that was a bad 
That was a bad adjective choice. But a unique minerality that I think just really pops and hits you. And it's almost like when you take your first, when you take a sip, you almost expect it to be effervescent, but it is not. No, it's it's definitely it's, not. Actually, this is a pretty. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> I'm, I'm very surprised. I'm very pleasantly surprised. It's a very good price point. It's what less than ten dollars. Yeah, I think it's about nine something. Yeah. So I mean, hey, I was, I am, I am pleasantly surprised, Jamie. Let's hear. It. Let's hear it for a good Sauvignon Blanc. There you go. Cheers, Cheers again. again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this one we mm. talked about. The soft. I do have to also make one cheers to say happy birthday to oh. my fellow DBPer. It Thank is you. Jamie's birthday, so we do have more than one thing to celebrate. <laughs> so that warrants another cheers. Oh, thank you. <laughs> another year older she and wiser. She was so kind to record with me on her birthday. Uh, so yes, let's hear it. let's hear it for Jamie. Another year. Oh, thank you. Another more more another year of drinking wine. I mean, everyone's like, "Are you doing something special on your birthday?" And I'm like, "Yes, I'm recording an episode of GPP. Like the Drunk How Bitches podcast special? is always special. It's always always special. a good time. All right. So, so a little now bit about- I'm really happy that this is not a bad wine. <laughs> Especially because it's your birthday. It's Especially because it's my birthday. Yeah. Well, um, okay, so <laughs> this wine. Okay, I'm just I'm gonna talk super quick about this wine, and I want you to talk about chili. chili yes, yeah. I'd love to. So this particular wine is we talked. It's the Momentos Reserva Sauvignon Blanc from the Rappel Valley, Chile, but it's also in the I'm I don't know how to speak it. Um, Cachapoal Valley. Okay. Um, so it's, or Cachapoal Andes Mountains. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. So it's the Rappel Valley. These mountains, I believe, are right in the middle of the Rappel Valley and the Cachapoal Valley. And so I think, I mean, I would assume that we're going to have, this is coming in coastal because the Rappel Valley is closer to the Pacific Ocean. Okay. So I think we're going to have slightly more cooler climate tendencies, which is surprising because we don't get that. Super herbaceous Mm-mm. green note here. There is a little bit of green in it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna completely it's say that it's ton, gone. Though. No, there's hints. There's hints of green. It's it's got a little bit of herb to it. Um, I definitely get the, the the. I think the peach is at the forefront. Um, there's a tiny bit of citrus. Mm-hmm. There is the minerality that you said. Yeah. But there. There is some green. There's some green. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Little grassiness for like maybe lemongrass. Would we go that far? Lemongrass, I feel yeah. like has like, I think more of like Vietnamese food when I say lemongrass. This grass. actually think I think would be really good with like Thai I th- food. Agreed. I think it would totally pair well with Perfect. that. Perfect. Like if you and I just want to let everyone know we did get this at Total Wine. Yeah, there's Total Wine everywhere. You can find this anywhere. Although, although I did hear about them in the news, which is really interesting. But we can talk about that another. Episode. All right. <laughs> but you know, I think this would go really well with like some Thai food, yeah, or seafood, yeah. And we did chill this too, so this was in the yeah. fridge, in and the we fridge. let it warm up a little bit. Yep, we just took it out to like kind of give it a minute to let the chill, you know, not be Dissipate. so chilly. Yes, uh, it's twelve point five percent ABV. Not bad. Not bad. Doesn't feel like no. it. It feels very, very light and fresh. Well, twelve I think is pretty light, but. I'm also like a red drinker. Uh, this is true. This is why we so think like, that oh, is yeah, like. But like you talk about like a Riesling and like oh my god, that's like the most alcoholic you're gonna find a Riesling, which is our kind of Riesling. I'll just say I'm I'm good with that. Yes. So get the most again chili, which if you are not familiar with where chili is, 
It is next to Argentina. I want everyone to know how many maps we have. We open. have an absurd number of books open to maps. To maps. We just wanted to make sure we got Chile right. Just so you know, Sarah, like I'm looking at it in my book, in my Wine Folly book. Right. And in this book, this atlas, it's depicted not north. East, south, and west. It's on its side. And it's confusing you. So it did throw me off a little bit. (laughs) Because I was like, I'm pretty sure it doesn't go that direction. But there are... Perspective is everything. Perspective is everything. And you just need to pay attention to everything else that's in the context of the map. Yep. Truth. Um, so Chile, I know you're looking up some stuff in the wine Bible, but Chile I'm, I'm is, just, um, I just wanted to make sure I wanted to look at their map as well. Oh, sure. Uh, we, um, um, the second most planted grape is Sauvignon Blanc and it this is. comes after Cabernet Sauvignon. Yep. And Chile I saw is in the list of all the countries who plant Sauvignon Blanc, Chile ranks fifth. Okay. So like France is like 71,000 acres. That's like the top, like the most planted, um, mm-hmm. so Blanc, uh, vines, but Chile actually fifth place is 31,000 acres. And do you know how many acres they have overall? No. 506,000. Wow. Yeah. Um, and 200 plus wineries. That's, I mean, for the size of Chile, the country, it's, it's like it's not it's a big, still, it's not a big country. No. So, I mean, so they figured out what works well for them and they've been like, let's do it. They actually uh, measure in terms of hectares, not acres. I know. And I, I recall hearing something about the number of hectares per acre, but I just, yeah, whatever. I don't recall. Whatever. So like you said, it is the second most planted grape. So it's pretty popular in Chile. Um, This one actually, and it makes up 12% of all their vines. That's impressive. Yeah. This one is actually from Rappel Valley, which is in the Central Valley region of Chile, and that is the most productive and well-known wine region. Um, I just got the chills. I, I, was, I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> I thought I was like having a seizure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but cool. the Central Valley is actually right across the Andes from Ar- Argentina's Mendoza province. Yes. So those of you who are familiar with Argentina, or if you've ever looked at an Argentinian wine, you you a lot of times see Mendoza. This is like um, straight west. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, so the Rappel Valley has uh, is protected from cooler coastal influences by the mountains on either side. Um, so, so they get some cooling from the Pacific, uh, and this gives them some acidity and structure. Now I can I can tell you now that this has some pretty good acidity on this wine. It does. Um, so the best wines in the Rappel Valley are usually from vineyards located in the foothills of the Andes Mountains because this elevated position means they have cooler growing conditions. So, you know, they also make a lot of good red there. Like yes. Cab, Carmenere. That's what that's what I've primarily yeah. had from yeah. there. So, you know, but Sauvignon Blanc is one of their leading uh, Which surprises as well. me. I was actually very surprised by that. I mean, I think I will also say that you know. So in terms of like the number of countries or the countries ranking who plant Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. I was very surprised to not see New Zealand like way high up there. But I guess that's when you think of like the you know size, because everyone always talks to me. I swear to God, every single person is always like, "Oh my God, New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, New Zealand Sauvignon yeah, Blanc." And I'm right. Like, it, it's. I think it can be good. I think there are some that are better than others, but I always just expected that New Zealand was going to be like 
top ranking in terms of planting Sauvignon Blanc. And this is, this surprised me. I don't think I've ever seen or paid attention to a Chilean I, I am going to be honest. I don't think I've ever had a Chilean white. No. And the Chilean reds that I've had, <gasps> I usually God. think it's way too earthy. Okay. But I probably should, you know... Branch out? Right. Resolve to try more? Yeah. Maybe Can we continue from resolution? Right. However, I, I am enjoying this. I think this is good. It's very easy drinking. It so really is. I'm happy with that. But yeah, I mean It really is. I think maybe we we should explore a little more of the South American wines. Potentially chili. Potentially. <laughs> Alright, so I I mean we talked a lot about Sauvignon Blanc, so should we head into tidying up? Because... I mean, I really am excited for our topic today. <laughs> So I I'm I'm happy to to do that. <laughs> I mean, we both have now in adulthood. Yes. Well, you as a child, me mostly in adulthood. Yeah. Have a an affliction, I'd say, with keeping things tidy and keeping things in their place and trying um, to have order and organization. And I don't know that that's a bad thing, but it has been. I mean. I grew up, and I actually just read this funny, funny letter to Sarah that I wrote to my parents. Yeah, like when I was, I must judging by my handwriting, I was probably in like fourth grade or fifth grade. Uh huh. And I actually said, "You guys need to understand that I am a person who always has a messy room, and that won't change for a long time." Your little messy kid, Jamie. That is how I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I am, I'm a little embarrassed that like my whole family has been going through these letters that I wrote like decades ago, but okay. And it seemed, it proved to be very relevant to this topic. I was the opposite. I couldn't fall asleep if my bed wasn't like perfectly made. So we have since we decided to do this because we've had momentous on our topic list for a while. I'm not going to lie. But this seems so fitting because literally everything is blown up about this Marie Kondo. And we were like, what the, f- what, what the fuck? I actually do have that um, life-changing magic of tidying up on my list of books to read, on my resolution from last year that I didn't get to, that I will now get to this year because I'm curious. Yep. But there's a series on Netflix. And so we've actually watched a few episodes, uh-huh. a handful between the two of us. And it is kind of amazing and I think that, A, why do you think that this has become such a big deal? Okay. There's a lot of theories. Okay. So number one, okay, first of all, like tidying up. That is like, I think a huge thing that everybody wants to do, but it's not the forefront of their mind, right? Well, because life. Because be of life. <laughs> now, so let's get, let's go into the history behind where this Netflix show came from. Okay. So... The book came out in 2011, but it didn't come into the U.S. until 2014. So this is a Japanese woman. Yes. She wrote this book. Like I said, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, okay? And it became big in Japan, and then they released it here in the United States in 2014, and then it became a number one New York Times bestseller. In 2014? I believe so. Or at least very quickly. Yes. Sure. So... We're in 2019. Oh my god! So we're talking five years later. Yes. Okay. Now Netflix decided to do a series on her. 
And they premiered this series New Year's Day. Oh so my God. January 1st, 2019. Now, what's happening on New Year's? So everyone's like making their resolutions. Right? Everyone's making their resolutions. People <laughs> are the most that. untidy. Fair enough. <laughs> Christmas has just happened. You've That's just true. obtained all these things. You've hosted. You're a mess, right? And you're at your most vulnerable. That's a fair point. All right, Sarah. So then on top of it, you add New Year's resolutions. So people are in this like almost in a panic mode, right? And this show. Because you're like, Jesus, it is the best marketing ploy (laughs) of all time. I mean, I would be curious how many people I'd be curious how many people have watched this because again, just from like my Facebook feed, I'm just like Fuck, like everyone's watching this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not just us for mm-hmm. the purposes of our podcast, but it's like literally like probably half of my friends are posting something about tidying up. It's amazing. It's, it is insane. It's insane. Now, let's just talk a little bit here about the popularity of the show. Okay. Okay. So it is, it's what? We all know it's January 13th because it is your... As of our recording, as of January our recording, 13th. It is your birthday, January yes, 13th. It is. Now, our, this recording will come out, you know, within the week, but... Okay. So, first of all, Goodwill and a bunch of oh. these older bookstores have noted that there's significantly more donations as of the first of the year, okay? Jeez. Now, they can't con- entirely attribute it to the no, show, no. but it is, like, a definitely an observation. Yeah. Now, Marie Kondo's Instagram account... Yes. On December 31st, had 710,000 followers. That's pretty good. When is it? December what? 31st. 31st. So okay. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. So as of yesterday, the 12th, the 12th, it was 1.2 million. Shut the front door. That's is that for real? 12 days. Did we follow her? No, not yet. We will. Okay, we'll follow her. But her book is also on the top five of Amazon's bestsellers. I don't doubt that. And actually, it's our, it's, I mean, it's been high up there. You said that it was a New York Times bestseller. I yeah. know it's been high on Amazon for a while. Yeah, but it's definitely gained popularity. Yeah. So, I mean, like, holy crap, that's a lot. So we decided. It's insane. We, we need to get into this because, I mean, like, why, why is this such a thing? I, my husband will tell you all. <laughs> That I have a slight obsession with keeping things clean and organized. My house is never where I want it to be, ever. Mm-hmm. I always want it to be cleaner and more organized at all times. Now, we. What did you say? Only... She was 1.2 yesterday? Yeah. What She's she 1.3 she today. That's insane. I'm following her. I just In followed one her. day, she got 100,000. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> Jamie's losing it. I feel like I need to have my house clean and organized for me to be a hundred percent relaxed. Okay. It's, it's never, it's, it's always a battle. We've only been in my house now for a year. So I feel like we're still not even where I want us to be. And if it was, that's okay. God bless my husband. But if it's just me, this house (laughs) would be a hundred percent organized as of nine months ago. I'm just saying. But we did just realize that you have you have wall hangings that are not hanging that are just mm-hmm. resting on the floor, mm-hmm. which is taking up space. So, like, there are things. And I just told you, even before watching this, admittedly, yes. I, like, got 
fed up with a bunch of things that I didn't have hung. And I also found, okay, so Sarah for my for Christmas got me this fantastic map of France, wine countries. Thank you, Wine Folly. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you, Sarah. And I was like, I must hang this. So I've been on a mission to like buy frames for things that I have posters for that need to go on the wall. And in like cleaning or whatever, I like found these random tubes and I was like, what, what is in here? Mm-hmm. And I pull out these like awesome things and I was like, well shit, now I gotta go buy these. So I actually on Thursday just decided to hang a bunch of stuff. And so now my entryway into my apartment looks different. But it's it's a matter of like taking I think this is a very interesting thing and probably one of the reasons why it's so popular at this time of the year too. Yeah. Because oftentimes I think January is looked at as being like a time to be very mindful about what you are doing in your life. Yep. And so because of that mindfulness, you start to like compartmentalize, but you also like start to be like, huh, and look at things in a new light and be like, oh, you should probably do something about that and then resolve to do it. (laughs) So it all kind of pieces together. Or you could be me who's just obsessing about it like 365 days a year. You're like a minor OCD? Yeah. Minor? I have a minor. Major? In between? Moderate? I have a moderate in OCD. Okay. Yeah. I do. I think that sh- I think that my husband would argue that I do too. I'm really, really bad. I think I'm probably more minor, but he thinks it's like like a colossal OCD situation. Oh, so does mine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. So let's just talk a little bit about clutter. Yes, clutter gives me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It gives me significant. Anxiety. I do agree. My office is cluttered right now. I can't go in there. I close the door when I walk by it. It gives me significant anxiety and stress. Now, Marie Kondo comes through. She is... Okay. There's a lot of, like... I have a lot of opinions about her show. I'm going to save those right now. Save them for right now. Yeah. But she sorts through these these messes and people find this, I think, calming and soothing to see messes becoming organized because that is, I mean, it is, it's a calming thing. You create order out of disorder. Mm -hmm. Like that is a normal, I think that's a normal reaction is that you feel more at ease because the disorder, the chaos just is animosity in like a very visual expression, you know? And so when we create more order, it, again, I, I'm a very visual person in case you haven't figured that out by now, but because of that, I find that, you know, I'm just going to say, because I'm staring at your like cupboard right here. Like every, it's like in a very like precise layout and order I wouldn't say that Sarah goes, I don't think that you do this, but it's not like you go and you're like, okay, there's like three centimeters. In no, no, this no, no, and no, like no. This. But like it is, it's very much an order and laid out. And I think that some of what you already do and things that I try to do in some regards, I'll say, mirror some of the recommendations that uh, Marie She makes. has a specific method. Yes. And I, I, I don't disagree with her method. Can we talk about the five... Okay. Things that they do. Sure. Let's go through it. So, so if you have not watched her show or read her book, 
Choose a specific method for cleaning up. Right. The goal is to learn to cherish everything you have so that you can achieve happiness for your family and live comfortably. Yes. So it gets worse before it gets better. Totally. Yeah, it's totally. It is jaw dropping. Now, like the first thing this. that she does is that you're supposed to think the house. Oh yeah. Yeah. And just keep in mind like that your house like you want to think the house for what it's given you. Okay. Like a space to have, a safety, a safety, warmth, all of those things, all of that, yeah. which is wonderful. All right. So then we get by that. Okay. So then the <laughs> okay. First, so we're done at making. We're, we're done thinking out silent making, things. Which, but I, I, I do like that. I like, I like the whole like taking a moment and thanking the house. This is like, it's but again, very nice. taking a moment, and just being like grateful for what yeah. you have. Yes. I think is also sort of an underlying message between her whole method and just something that I think is a good practice in general. Have you have a roof over your head. You don't have to me. thank all of your inanimate objects. However, you might, you might. So the first thing <laughs> that she does, so it's a method in terms of where you're going with each piece. So I think a lot of us, when we think of organizing, we go room by room. She does not do this. She categorizes. She it. categorizes by objects. So the first thing is clothing. So you take all your clothes and put it in one big mountain. <laughs> Amazing. I would never do this. I want to do it so badly now. Having my, watched these episodes, I really want to do it. My closet is super organized. It is organized by color. And I've tried that. It just gets a lot of sweat. And by season. And I have purses in a store. That would, the, the, there could be the no. Sarah method. That is the Sarah <laughs> method. I give away clothes all the time. This does not apply to me. I'm just saying. The Sarah. However, for a lot of other people, which there's no judgment in there. Like this, that's just my thing. It's just my thing. My closet is my thing. Okay. <laughs> If you have lots of things, which I know I have friends and people that I, I, I think that this would work really well for is you take all your yes. clothes, especially if you've been living somewhere for a while. This, this is, is true. This is good. I've only been living here for a year. So it's really easy for me to say that because I've had the time yes. to give things away and reorganize, but you take all your clothes in one big mountain because this helps you confront how much you actually have. Which I think is something that people don't realize unless you take this step. That's why I really support this, to be honest. Okay. Agreed. (laughs) Then, if you touch an item and it doesn't spark joy, then you have to let go of it. So this, her whole thing is about, like for everything, not just the clothing, is does the item spark joy? And there's a way that she has where you like hold the item and you sense, are you getting a feeling of joy? And if you don't, you give it away. And if you do, then you keep it. But I think that you could arguably say like, if you hold up a piece of clothing, you're just like, oh, I mean, I wore this to this and this, but I don't know if I should keep it. That does not spark joy. When you spark joy, you're just like, oh, I love this. And then it's like, okay, that's okay. going in the keep pile. But here's the other thing I think about that. If you haven't worn it in 10 years... Even if it sparks joy. Dude. Unless it's your wedding dress. Of course. (laughs) That goes without saying. Then I think it's just time to go. Yes. I mean, like, what are we doing here? Like, if you haven't worn it, like, get rid of it. So, 
Anyways, um, now there is the whole thing about what if you don't fit into some things and you have them because you're like hoping to, you've gained some weight and you're hoping to fit back, you know, or I don't know. I think that's a tough thing. It really is. And to be honest, I mean, again, it's, it's one of those things where you have to really think methodically about this and also think about space and think about like, I say this all the time to my, I've said this to my sister in like the three different places that she's lived. And I'm just like, you don't have to fill every crevice of space that you have, especially immediately because over time you will accumulate things, but it is not, it is still okay to not have every nook and cranny covered or filled with something. Agreed. And so I think that there is, you know, the, the concept, the idea, like, well, I technically have a space for this. I could hang on to it. And it's like, yeah, okay. If it's really reasonable, sure. Yeah. Like that one couple who was like, um, I watched this episode and it was like a a wife and husband and they have two kids. And it was the first episode. Well, not that one. This was a, I don't know which one this was, two or three, but it was where they were basically trying to, the, the wife put it that, she wanted to see if they could actually achieve order uh-huh. and organization in their home before they decided if they were going to have a third kid or not. Wow. Now, I don't know that that should be the deciding factor. However, I think there are many other things to consider. But having up in there, one of the things that she said, she's like, I have a whole bag of maternity clothes and, you know... They're expensive and it's like a one-time use and it seems really silly to have to like throw these out if we are actually going to have another kid. I can't say that I would necessarily blame her for that mindset. No, I think that makes sense. I think that but makes if, sense. if you're holding on to stuff you wore in high school and it's 20 years later and you're hoping you can fit into it, I think it's time to let that shit go. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I still have my homecoming dress from high school and I But that's more it. of a sentimental thing. Okay, and we'll get to that too. That's more of a sentimental thing. That's not you hoping that you're going to fit into it, right? Like, that's more... I mean, I'm sure you do fit into it, but... Not anymore, but I did when I wore it a few years ago. That's more of a sentimental thing. Yeah. All right. So then there's a way that she folds clothes when she's helping you organize. (laughs) And this helps you uh, be able to thank your clothes as you're folding them. So the way she does it, she's, she creates a rectangle at the center of the clothes. She folds in half, and then she folds in thirds. And she basically stands things up instead of what most of what we what most people are used to, which is stacking things. Right. But and this, this allows you to create see room. It. And it and allows you to see what you have. Yes. Yeah. And it helps create room. Mm-hmm. I'm all for that. I'm going to try that. I haven't done that. Not that I... Most of my stuff's hang, hung. Okay. But... Like pajama pants and like yeah. workout clothes, like yeah, those are things I could work. I could work with this. I but I would challenge her to do like <laughs> my like workout tank tops. We were talking about and, this and tops that like have no structure. I don't think her method will work with. I don't think that that sort of because the idea is that it's meant to stand in like a little yeah, like tripod. My, that material is not gonna work. Not tripod, but. Triangle, if yeah. you will. So, okay. So, she also, then you get into like books. Yep. 
So books are stored. Books that are stored into boxes need waking up because you're sleeping. And with everything that you have, not just books, but like clothes, any any memento, mementos, you have to ask yourself: Is this something I'd Good like time. to bring into Good the time. future? Yeah. And if it's not, then you need to get rid of it. Do you? I got like kind of weirded out by the whole like. Do you want to bring this into the future? I I kept thinking like every time I heard that phrase or that idea, I was just like, Are we talking about like transporting in time? Like I'm like there was like something so weird that happened inside my brain that I was mm-hmm. like, We're talking about like next week, right? Because I am like not sure that I can transport myself 20 years down the yeah. line. So when you think about future, you think about like again being realistic because this whole concept of like reviewing what you have is not something that's like a one and done ever in your life. It's like a continuous process, I think. And that's part of the reason why I think making what you have very visible is also helping because when you then go into, when you then like look at things, you're like, oh, I don't need that anymore. Right. And then you can feel free to like ditch it. Exactly. Excuse me. Thank it for all of it's given you and then, and then ditch it, ditch it (laughs) nicely. She was very like, don't throw that. <laughs> she was like, place don't, it down nicely. Don't be aggressive in your throwing. <laughs> Basically. Just place it down nicely into the bag. So funny. I would be like friggin' tossing that shit. Yeah. Then then you, so basically you then you do like whatever's messy, right? So your kitchen, your bathroom, your garage, mm. like all yes. those other areas. Yes. So with all these things, you pull everything out, you sort into categories. And with everything, you hold your sentimental stuff until the very last thing. Literally the absolute last, once you've done everything else, you wait to do all the sentimental stuff at once, regardless of where it was or what it is. Mm -hmm. So with toys, if you have kids, then you engage the kids and you have to ask them to rank the toys and sort by category. Okay. Well, kids aren't really going to be able to rank, like I sort. Was say. I'm sorry, not sort into categories necessarily. But I mean, like, do kids change their mind on toys from a day to day basis. Well, and that's the thing you have to consider. And this is something that I think when you, I kind of supported her whole thing of like starting this very young. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. So that they understand that like you don't just hold on to literally everything. Like you will have joy moving forward from other things. This isn't the absolute joy that you're going to have from this, like, duck. Right? Like a rubber ducky or something, right? So, you know, again, they're not going to be able to categorize, but you could literally hold up, like, two different things and be like, which do you prefer? Right. And then they could tell you, and they're like, okay. So then you, you, whether you say out loud that we're going to give this away... I don't know. Or you say, okay, we'll put this in this pile. We'll put this in another pile. True. And then, like, talk through that. Because I think that they are going to have a... It's going to take a little bit for them to figure out the concept. I agree with that. But I also think I liked her point where you engage the children in the cleaning things. So, like... Yeah. You help them... You fold so that they help you fold. Yes. And they know that this is something that they should be doing. Right. So that they learn it for the future. It's funny, and I would argue, don't use it as a punishment because then it's just looked at as something awful that Mm -hmm. really sucks and that you don't ever want to freaking do because... Right. Oh, man, I remember when I had to do laundry. 
That's not good. I, I do know. like. I'm weird. I used to like that stuff. You like the anomaly. <laughs> You're like the exception to the rule of children. I'm like, oh, I get to clean things and put them in order? That sounds fun. Now I sometimes I, I like know. cleaning. It's weird. I, I know. It, you anyway. know what? It's a stress. For me, to be honest, it's a stress reliever. There are times when we lived in the place that shall not be named, and I was just like, I would yeah. find that it was like something to do. We had a townhouse to clean, and I just like actually got a little bit of joy out of like doing that while he was away at work and working till like midnight or something. I mean, I think that that's that's something that I would do all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not just in the place it shall not be No, made. I do that like all the time. I'm like, oh, let me stay up till midnight cleaning because I have some sort of psychosis. No. Just you don't have psychosis. Just kidding. Um, so anyways, as we kind of get into this as well. So the last one was sentimental. And this is like, I mean, the reason why you sort of change that is because, or save that to the very end is because by that point in time, you will completely understand what, when you hold an object and it gives you joy, what that really means. Because consider, you've gone through literally everything in your house. Yeah. By this point, you're so sick of it that you will easily be able to be like, I'm done. I don't need that. No, but that's you. I don't think that's everybody. I think really? some people cannot get rid of things. I think that they but have... I think that having had gone through all of these other categories, that they are a little no. more inclined to understand the nuances. No? I mean, maybe. Maybe going through this whole thing, maybe they can. But okay. I think when it comes to sentimental things, some people... Oh, it's going to be hard regardless. Have, but. It's a psychology. Of the sentimentality? It's an actual psychology. Yes. Like... She says, to keep only those things that speak to the heart and discard items that no longer spark joy, thank them for their service and let them go. Uh Uh-huh. That's, excuse me, that is her entire theory of things. Now, I would argue that a lot of people don't know what actually gives them joy in these objects. So that they, okay, so that like what we call hoarders. Ugh have this mentality that all these things bring them joy. That is different. That is different. Because I think when we get to hoarding, that is what some argue um, most hoarders will have another type of mental disorder. Agreed. Right? They'll have OCD. They'll have anxiety. Yes. And they feel that having all of these things sort of insulates them from... Things that are scary outside. Mm -hmm. Um, It insulates them from uncomfortable situations. Although I also think that it has, that also has to be like a cyclical, like anxiety producing thing because they have all this like crap. Right? Well, because they have all that crap? Yes. Uh, Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. They feel comfortable in the crap. So whether it be (laughs) like, I mean, that sounds awful, but like, People CIC comfortable in the crap. CITC is comfortable in the crap. Exactly. Like some people have specific things that they hold on to. Yeah. Like some people hold on to magazines. Some people hold on to like trinkets. Some yes. people hold on to newspapers. You know that one guy had the baseball clothing, cards. Baseball cards. Like yeah. Whatever it may be, but that gives them some 
sort of comfort and why, who knows? Right. You know, then you're getting into the individual psychoses of that person. But it's actually been showing, according to Yale research, that taking away those possessions from people like that... The hoarders? Yes. ...is equivalating to the pain of drug withdrawal. Yeah. Like, they were documenting spikes in brain activity, and that's what they, they noted. I mean, and I think this almost speaks to, like, some of our questions that we had with respect to this, like, KonMari method of tidying up. Like, for, okay, so obviously each episode looks at a specific project, I'm going to call it. Yeah, family. Right? And so they, the question, like, we were wondering, like, well, okay, so... That's great. They go through this whole exercise, but like, do they stick with it? <coughs> Excuse yes. me. It's almost like, it's almost like biggest loser. <coughs> Excuse me. Like biggest loser. So like all these people like go through, cause I remember I used to watch biggest loser like mm-hmm. a ton. I loved it. I loved the message it sent to do something positive for you. But then there were so many contestants who had gone so far and then just happened to fall back into their old habits. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you, how do you then, after you go through this whole exercise, especially when you've been living this long yep. with such a mentality, like reversing it is not an instantaneous thing. And I think that that also speaks to like our resolution thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like the idea is that you like resolve, you like try to make a plan to like do things. So like you try to create milestones and try to create something that's like actually achievable and attainable without saying that, oh my God, well, I failed. So I'm just going to totally give up on this. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, you can always do a check-in and say, okay, where are we right now? Oh shit. I have like a massive pile of boxes just floating up here. Like maybe I should stop and go through all of it. Yeah. So I don't, you have to, you have to continuously use the method. Sure. Yeah. It's not a one and done. No, it's not a one and done. You know, okay. Here are my thoughts. So we watched a few of the episodes on Netflix. Yes. And we, I kind of got to witness firsthand the method of cleaning up, tidying up. Yeah. I agree with a lot of it. Okay, I think it's interesting that I don't think she isn't actually doing any of the cleaning, right? No, she's not. She's just telling you. She's giving you instructions. Put all the clothing in one place. Okay, I'm leaving. I'll see you. Well, she tells you what to do, but she leaves it up to you in order yeah. to make those decisions. One of the yes. one of the one of the episodes, like the girl was like, "I'm I can't wait for your magic." Yeah, and Marie was like, "Just to be clear, it's not my magic. I'm not doing anything. No, she doesn't do. You're anything. doing it. She so basically just tells. I don't them. magically do anything, and I no. don't do this for you. I tell you how to do it, and she's not there when you're doing it. Nope." It's just like she just tells you what to do and then she leaves. I mean, I do think that the fact that they're like on TV <laughs> helps hold these She's people also accountable. Like immaculately but like, put together. Oh my gosh, I would die. <laughs> I I could not. The Jamie method would be very different. She is immaculately yeah, put she together. Is. I it's mean, amazing. It's amazing. Yes, good for her. But here's the other thing. I don't know. Okay. I like I like the whole like folding thing and how like you have them stacked so that you yes. can see everything in your drawer. I did I did think that that was pretty cool. Um, but I also think okay, 
Yes. Should you ask if something sparks joy? I think that that works for most people, but like we watched episode two and that woman had like, over- Oh my God. I think my mouth, like my mouth was like gaping open for like half of it. Cause I was just like, what the fuck is hat? Like what is behind this woman? Because they were just mounds. Okay. There's a psychology behind it because she had so many Christmas decorations and she had like, I swear to God, a thousand nutcrackers. Okay? Yeah. She probably had a, she so had a fair. At what point do you say, all right, you have too much of this shit. Like it's just time to give away things. Like it, it's a duplicate of what you already have a million of. And are, are you at the brink of insanity with this? Are you, wait, sorry. Are you saying that Marie should have asked her that question? I am saying that her method probably works for most, but not always. If yes. So the person who has like 500 nutcrackers or 500, I don't know, like, (laughs) you know, weirdly shaped forks. Like something random. Those spoons, if you collect spoons. Yeah, like something totally random. Like, at what point is it time to say, unless it's like vet, like worth money, like it's like something you can sell and like uh-huh. it's valuable, like you have a collectible item. Okay. Like, nutcrackers are not one of hang those Hang on things. a second. You hang on one second. Pause for an anecdote. I'm pausing. I was in college. Okay. <clears throat> and I worked for the Campus Y at Washington University. I do know this. I hardcore support this participating if you or someone you know goes to Washington University in St. Okay. Louis. Okay. So I worked for the Campus Y and they do a ton of fundraising, right? And I was doing like marketing and some other stuff for yeah. them like in the office. And there was a gentleman from WashU's um, academic board mm-hmm. who had inherited his mother's nutcracker collection. Legit. Okay. Okay. And he decided that he wanted to donate it all and they would sell it and all of that money would go back to the Campus Y because he was on the board of the Campus Y. Okay. Okay. So I'm like, okay, so nutcrackers. Okay, cool. So I was asked one day I went into work and this is not just over a day, but they were like, will you go in and like photograph and inventory all of the nutcrackers. They're like, sure, sure, sure. I go into the back room. Sarah, there had to, I think there were 173 nutcrackers. And it is in a tiny room that's probably like a quarter of the size of your dining room. Mm-hmm. And there were just like boxes. And I was like, oh my God. And I would have to take these nutcrackers out. They were all unique. They all had very individual characteristics, very different names and stuff like that. People do collect that shit. I don't remember how much money the Campus Y made, but like it was a very enlightening situation because this was something that I guess maybe in the the vein of trying to declutter, it was his mother's stuff that she had collected, her collectibles that he felt had a better purpose, and then it could, and then that's why he donated them to so us. So you use elsewhere. the word purpose, which I think is. The best word you can use in this entire process. Yes. So, in my mind, this is how I go through things. This is the Sarah method. Okay, the Sarah method. Do you have purpose? Not do you bring me joy. 
Do you have purpose? Inanimate object, do you have purpose? Not human being. Right, right, right. Not human being, but inanimate object. You're staring at me saying this, and I was like, I do have purpose. (laughs) I'm kidding. I know you have purpose, Jamie. You have so much purpose. You have more purpose than I can even even explain (laughs) to our listeners. So much purpose. So I look at, I'm like, do you have purpose? Do you do something for me? Like, do you decant wine? Do you open wine? <laughs> I'm kidding. Do you hold the bottle so it doesn't do you, drip on my table? Do you hold the bottle of Absolutely wine? Absolutely essential. Like, what is, your, what is your purpose? <laughs> like, do you hold a candle? Do you, like, what do you do for me? Amazing. And if you don't do anything for me, then you leave. Amazing. Like, unless it's like, okay, the sentimental, yes. There is a little, I don't have a huge thing, but I do have a little bit of scent, like, sentimental objects that don't have any purpose, but they're sentimental. Yeah. I agree with that. But this is, I think people should adopt the Saraway. Should adopt the Saraway? Yes. Do you have purpose? Do you have purpose? That's a fair point. But I also, <clears throat> I'm wondering in this, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious. Like if you go through this exercise, the Mari Kondo, and again, there is not a one size fits all. I think that was a good point that you made yeah. that like, this won't necessarily work for every person, but like, and nor do I think that it is absolutely essential that every human being tear apart their entire house at one time. I can tell you, I'd do it. Uh, sure. But I also, Sarah, you also don't have like a ton of clutter. No, but I strive. I am like a minimalist. Okay. But I think for people who are not, like, if I don't, I, it's very, again, we talk about the resolutions and like, having these like insurmountable like resolutions you're yeah. always just like well jesus where do i start right and then it's like then you're just like oh, well i just give up because i don't know where to start well like maybe if you like actually like cut it down into something that is like i'm just going to tackle my office yeah and then you and then you do like maybe you have clothes in your office maybe you have um, paper. Maybe you have books in there. How do you go through and organize that? Because organizing small sections at a time is something that is more milestone and more achievable. And I think people are able to like actually accomplish that because it doesn't seem like I have shared about my whole house, but I have, and then you'd have these excuses, but I have this party happening and I'm hosting these people then, and then I have this happening here and then I'm going to be out of town for this. And it's like all these excuses, Mm -hmm. but if you cut it down, it makes it easier to try to accomplish. And it's, I, whether it's the KonMari method, the Sarah method or otherwise, (laughs) Sarah method, I think that it's amazing because it helps people take a look at what they have and assess what they have. I agree. And then figure out going through the process, does it bring me joy? But if that's not a if that's not the right question for you, does this have a purpose like right now? Or, do, or will this have a ver- a purpose in the near future? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I think I think I'm really excited that she has brought organizing and decluttering to the forefront of the American population. It is amazing because I love it. We are a, we are a I think that we are a community, what's the word? Society. That's what I mean. Yeah. We are a society of getting all of the things that we want without really like considering how useful is this? Well, not only that, we're a society of I need, I need, I need. 
and I want right now, why, so I'm gonna, why, it's why? instant gratification. But like, what do you, do you need, need, need? Do you want, want, want? Like, yeah. Or are you just collecting shit? And most of the time you're just collecting shit that you don't need. But you as you said, there are, it. there are, okay. So I'm going to go out here. I know that we're probably nearing our end of the episode, but I'll go out and say like, it's important to understand that there are definitely, you know, certain psychoses that, is that the right word? That will sure. like make you lean more towards hanging on to like everything. But I think that there is, and this is possibly like through like really sitting back and analyzing what you have, trying to understand and acknowledge what everything brings to your life. Right. And it's taking a moment and pausing because we are in the society where it's like very like go, 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 go. And it's like nonstop. And it's just like, I need to make a decision like quick and fast and oh my gosh. But like, we also, I think have lost touch. Yeah. With the, I don't want to say hesitation, but like the careful consideration and thoughtful pregnant pauses that we have in life. Mm -hmm. And I think that we no longer really think through some of our decisions and we can. And I think that this is probably a way for us to start doing that and building that in decluttering our lives is one way to do that. And we can hopefully carry that practice throughout, but it's very much a, you know, I mean, I really want to try this, like at least part of this, at my house, my apartment. I I don't. I, I really really I, want I, to. I mean, I think I husband's like her, not so happy. I like her. <laughs> husband thinks the show should be. Banned. Husband's like, uh, what? Husband thinks the show should be banned because I'm already too OCD <laughs> with organizing. All right. The Sarah um, Method is the next one. The Sarah expect, Method. A, expect a Netflix Ex- series exactly. in the next year, in 2020. A book. <laughs> Um, I, I, I did like, she did have a quote okay. that I really enjoyed. Please share. And it was, if you can turn your home into a space of serenity and inspiration, your mind and overall, overall well-being will follow. It's, I really like that. I do like, too. made me really happy. Cause I was like, yes, your home should be in, inspiring and, yes, and comfortable. And comfortable. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have clutter and you shouldn't no. be stressed out from the clutter. And she like, even talked about like purifying your spaces and it's like some of it was like open window, like yeah. allow like a flow of air and energy, uh, light a candle, light incense, things like that. And it's, it's nothing that's like, I'd say completely far fetched. Like, I think that's definitely a doable no. thing, but agreed. I re- that is a very nice sentiment for I, sure. I think so because you know, Cluttered environments, like, it's not good. I personally feel like a cluttered space is just leads to more anxiety, and I feel very, like, I, do. I can't, I cannot accomplish anything, but there are some people, and my husband will make the argument, like, a very messy space means a very creative mind, and I'm like, God. So the funny thing is, is my father actually, um, my father's a physician, and he always had a very messy desk. Really? Yeah. And I think I got him a sign when I was a kid. And it said, like, um, so, oh, God, I can't even remember exactly what it said. I actually think he still has it. Really? Sitting on his desk. And it said something like, a cluttered desk signifies a, like, 
smart mind a brilliant mind or something yes or and it was like an empty death signifies an empty mind or something yeah okay yeah i've I've heard i have definitely heard something like that yeah so it was something along those lines and part of me doesn't not agree with that like i'm like okay that kind of makes sense there's an there's a level of insanity that goes along with really smart people yes and that level of insanity can well Yes, and some people will find order in disorder. Right. But I think that it is, again, a very fine line. And when we think about, like, pragmatically, like, when we apply this to, like, our daily lives and our living spaces, it is probably in the best interest. And my mother is probably, like, rejoicing and, like, being like, yes, and doing, like, a victory dance right now when I say it's probably better to have more order and have less junk. Yes. And less clutter in order to allow yourself more openness and space and then to explore and to evolve and to grow that openness and space will give you the time and energy to create yeah you have more creativeness yes i am i am all for being clean (laughs) marie kondo we support you I'm like seriously now going to finish watching the remaining episodes I have not watched. I'm, but okay, I'm I did so, like this. This is really fucking fun. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so excited for <laughs> for the fact that the whole nation is getting on the organizing train. Yay! I am a little concerned because let's be honest, people. Paper let's is recyclable. Yes. Okay. So that's a huge thing. I'm How very much mail concerned. do you get? A lot of mail. I recycle a bunch of stuff. But here's the thing. Do we need that much paper? Can we go paperless? Yes. The answer is yes. But but my point is like assessing like what you have like here. Okay. I also am a very tangible person. So I cannot say I'm willing to get rid of all the paper. Not all, but but minimize. But when we have like these like books and stuff, like don't just throw them out. They're recyclable. Or you can donate them to Goodwill or to a, a library or share them with friends. Okay, like, I buy a book, I don't throw it out, I hope that it doesn't just sit on my um, shelf, I will share it, like, usually, like, my mom will read it, my aunt might read it, my sister might read it, my friend in New York might read it. Jamie, I plan on sharing all my wine books with you. Oh, I mean, I am so afraid, I will read them at your house, because I'm afraid I'm gonna, like, do something to them. (laughs) I will share my books. But the thing is, like, consider, like, when you get rid of things... The proper way to get rid of them is what I'm trying to say. So that we yeah. don't, like, over-pollute, like, the world okay. and, like, all these, like, trash heaps. Yeah. That's all. Also, that's it. Also, everyone watch the second episode. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> of Marie Kondo's um, series on Netflix. If you really want to see the difference that can happen between... Um, it was actually... Unreal. I was surprised. I had anxiety just watching it because the amount of stuff that was in these people's house. But I think that she helped significantly. She did. And the before and after was remarkable. Yeah. I probably would have gone further. I think that they can, but this is a first step. Yes, a first First step. step. So if you really want to see her method in action, check that shit out. So... On that note, we're, we're I don't think episode one was nah. a true representation. 
No, but it was nice. It was nice. Every episode bases it on something, like a different, like, life situation, which I think is also really cool because I think that it can resonate with different people. And so you can kind of see, like, the best way for Mm -hmm. you to accomplish this within your familial nature. Yeah. So... I mean, I really enjoyed this. I'm like all fucking gung ho for this. I'm so excited. We Are got you to gonna pair. go home and fold everything? And no, no, the no, no. Method. It's my birthday. I'm not gonna fucking do shit tomorrow. I did take the day off, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but we will see. We'll, we'll see. see how far I get by the next episode. Um, okay. But this is actually this is a pleasant, this is pleasantly surprising. surprising. I'm, yeah, I'm I am enjoying. digging this. Another good DBP white wine pick, mind you, because this is not our and fate. cheap and cheap yeah. and cheap and Chilean and Chilean cheap and Chilean the cheap Chilean the cheap Chilean the cheap Chilean I don't know I, I can't get anywhere with that chugger. Chugger. There you go. Cheap Chilean chugger. Okay. All right. Okay. We're good with our alliteration. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for spending my birthday recording with me. And thank you, Sarah, for so much fun. Yay. Cheers. Cheers. Go tidy up, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.